Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on July 12th, 2021 from South Carolina Public Radio's studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. Hope you didn't miss us too much. I missed you. This episode features Governor Henry McMaster sparring with the Biden administration over vaccine outreach efforts. We look at how fundraising is going in the 2022 governor's race among the top three candidates. And Scott Morgan looks at evictions in our state. DHEC has new insight on who is contracting and dying from COVID-19 these days, and we have more for you on the Delta variant. Additionally, we want to hear your stories, so we set up a voicemail box to hear from you all about your life during these more certain times. Leave us a one to three minute long voicemail at 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in your neck of the woods. How your July 4th was, how's summer gone so far, back to school is right around the corner, I don't want to talk about it. What'd you do for my birthday, is the card in the mail? Let us know, 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is moderate, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 9,856 total deaths, and currently there are 600,027 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of July 12th at 4 p.m. Our current percent positive rate is 4.3 percent, and that's the highest it's been in more than the past 30 days, folks. It's going up. Currently, 127 patients are hospitalized with COVID-19, 35 are in intensive care, and 14 are on ventilators. Our seven-day moving average for cases continues to increase and is now 301. Our weekly cases have increased for the third week in a row, and we're over 2,000 for the week ending July 10th. We haven't been that high since late May. Our weekly deaths were seven. So let's keep these numbers down by getting vaccinated like our health officials are urging us, because we want to keep this under 5%, and we're creeping back up. Like you heard, 4.3%. Worldwide, COVID deaths reached 4 million on July 9th, according to the World Health Organization dashboard. 604,596 Americans have died from COVID-19. And just looking at how that spread over time, it took the same amount of time, 89 days, to go from 3 million to 4 million deaths worldwide, as it did from 2 to 3 million. Despite this, global weekly mortality is at its lowest point since late October. Let's start off our politics section with a recap of the governor sparring with the Biden administration over its plan to go door-to-door to urge folks to get vaccinated. Governor McMaster sent a letter to DHEC board chairman Mark Elam to issue direction to agency leadership and healthcare organizations to prohibit the use of these targeted tactics last week. After receiving this letter, DHEC director Dr. Edward Simmer issued a statement saying, in part, that the DHEC's vaccine outreach efforts have not and will not include unsolicited door-to-door visits. DHEC does offer in-home vaccines through our homebound vaccination program, Simmer said, but only if specifically requested in advance by the person being vaccinated. However, McMaster's letter got picked up nationally, and ABC News' Karen Travers asked Biden Press Secretary Jen Psaki this question on July 9th. 
The South Carolina governor said today that enticing, coercing, intimidating, mandating, or pressuring anyone to take a vaccine is a bad policy that will deteriorate the public trust and confidence in the state's efforts. And Governor McMaster said he's going to prohibit the state health agency from using the administration's targeted tactics. Can you respond to the governor and explain what it is that is being done and what is not being done in this outreach? Sure. Well, let me first say that the failure to provide accurate public health information, including the efficacy of vaccines and the accessibility of them uh, to people across the country, including South Carolina, is literally killing people. So maybe they should consider that. But I would say that what this is and what is it is not, this is not federal employees going door to door. This is grassroots volunteers. This is members of the clergy. These are volunteers who believe that people across the country, especially in low vaccinated areas, should have accurate information, should have information about where they can get vaccinated, where they can save their own lives and their neighbors' lives and their family members' lives. That's exactly what this is. It's something that's been going on since April. And it's something where we've seen an impact in states where there are lower vaccination rates. So it is something we will continue to uh, to work with local groups to do. And it's a disservice to the country and to the people who may lose their lives, who may lose family members, to provide inaccurate disinformation at a moment where we're still fighting a pandemic. After Saki's comments, McMaster tweeted, quote, unfortunately, at PressSec, we have seen that public health information and recommendations coming from Dr. Fauci and this administration are a lot like the weather in South Carolina. Wait a bit and it will change completely, quote. While the governor didn't elaborate, we know that there have been recommendations, like masking early on in the pandemic from people like Dr. Anthony Fauci, that have changed since guidelines and decisions were made with the most accurate data and facts available at the time. Moving on, we have some new fundraising numbers for you in the governor's race. Leading the money race is Governor McMaster, who raised about $891,000 during April, May, and June. He has $1.7 million on hand, according to filings. The campaign also said that more than 3,700 contributions represent the largest number of donors in recent history for incumbent governors. Their former first congressional district Democrat Joe Cunningham broke the record for a South Carolina Democratic gubernatorial challenger in his initial fundraising quarter, according to his campaign. Cunningham raised $642,000 since entering the race on April 26. The record was previously held by Vincent Shaheen, who raised $611,314 in the first quarter of his gubernatorial campaign in 2014. Cunningham, who is currently on a 46-county tour of the state, has $437,000 on hand. And Democratic State Senator Mia McLeod of Columbia got in the race in early June and raised $104,000 that month before the quarterly deadline. And before we go, we know that money isn't everything. See Jamie Harrison versus Lindsey Graham in 2020. However, it's critical for getting your message out there, especially during the primaries if you don't have high name recognition statewide. So just one of the many things we'll be watching as the campaign trail for 2022 continues to sizzle. Okay, we have a brief business section for you, and while I know you're used to hearing Scott Morgan in our medical section, he is a renaissance man, and we are bringing him to you right now in our business section. Scott is talking about evictions in our state. Federal protection to keep renters in their homes ends on August 1st, which by even conservative estimates means thousands of South Carolinians facing eviction. 
For social services agencies that trade in the housing sphere, business is booming and changing, and not for the better. What we've normally seen in the past is individuals. Amber Jackson is the executive director of the United Way of Lancaster County. We've never really seen children involved, but just in the month of June, we had three families. All three of those families had at least two children. Jackson says the sharp increase in call volume as renter protections wind down is already overwhelming one of the smallest United Way operations in the state. We were barely making it by with just the one to two calls a week, and now we're having multiple calls a day, and it's just beyond any of our capacity. We're a two-person office, like it's just myself and our admin, which is why we depend so heavily on our partner agencies. This office's main partner is Hope of Lancaster, a soup-to-nuts nonprofit agency that, among other services, helps clients pay their rent. When I asked Hope's executive director, Becca Clausen, if she's seeing an uptick in calls too, she said, Oh, are you kidding? If you want that translated into real numbers, pay attention. In January, we spent about $30,000 on just rent. In February and March, people got relief from tax returns and additional stimulus checks. Glosson says Hope's monthly payouts and rent assistance got as low as $5,000. But then came April and May after all that money was spent. And then one week in late June... Clausen walked past her social worker's office. And she looked completely despondent, like she didn't know what to do, and she was just kind of staring in space. <laughs> her name's Crystal. I said, Crystal, are you okay? And she said, I just did the math. And she said, I have $30,000 sitting here. And she said, and this is this week. An 11th hour decision extended the moratorium another month, so Hope didn't have to pay out all that money to rent assistance. But for an agency financed by donations and CARES money that isn't coming around again, the specter of a $100,000 month looms large now that there is not likely to be another 11th hour. But even if Hope tried to pay it all out, not all of that money would have made it anyway. Amber Jackson has watched it play out for Hope like this. They've usually been able to call those landlords and say, hey, we're going to help this person in this emergency situation. We want to pay this portion of their rent. And the landlords are saying, we don't want your money. Jackson and Clausen are sympathetic to the needs of landlords to collect rent, Beyond business revenue, small landlords in places like Lancaster tend to have mortgages to pay on properties they rent, and they're due 18 months' worth of back rent. So both women caution against seeing landlords as the bad guy. That said, neither can figure out who evicting landlords expect to rent their units to. They're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel for them because they can now renovate their properties and get some renters in that can actually pay. My question is, I'm not sure where they think these magic renters are coming from, because most renters who are being evicted are evicted because they don't have the money to pay. And so I don't see this big pool of people out there with all this huge fat bank account that's waiting to rent from them. For a sense of scale of what could come to Lancaster, just two landlords among several who've got eviction filings pending in the county's magistrate court have 36 cases in the queue. Clausen estimates that to mean about 100 people, including children. And with all neighboring county shelters and agencies already past what they can handle, neither Amber Jackson nor Becca Clausen have anywhere to send people who are about to lose their homes. Thanks, Scott. You can find that report and more at SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org.
Let's start off our medical section with some news that you can use. The CDC issued COVID-19 prevention guidelines for schools last week as the new school year approaches and DHEC prepares their own guidelines. The biggest takeaways include that all schools should fully reopen for in-person teaching. Nothing new there for South Carolina. Masks should be worn indoors only by individuals who are not fully vaccinated. Within classrooms, students should have at least three feet of physical distance between each other, and vaccinations are encouraged for those 12 and older. Like I said, DHEC is currently reviewing the guidelines and will use them to draft the agency's guidance for South Carolina schools. DHEC continues to work closely with the South Carolina Department of Education and will share the school guidelines once they're complete in the coming weeks. Moving on, Pfizer-BioNTech on July 8th announced its plans to seek authorization in the U.S. and Europe for a third booster dose of its vaccine based on, quote, encouraging data. There's data. However, the CDC, FDA, and NIH put out a group statement shortly thereafter, saying in part that Americans who have been fully vaccinated do not need a booster shot at this time. The organization said that they are engaged in a science-based, rigorous process to consider whether or when a booster might be necessary. This process takes into account laboratory data, clinical trial data, and cohort data, which can include data from specific pharmaceutical companies, but does not rely on those data exclusively. I'm going to say data one more time, folks. And it's hard to compile data. We continue to review any data as it becomes available and will keep the public informed. We are prepared for booster doses if and when the science demonstrates they are needed. And again, that's from the CDC, FDA, and NIH. Keeping with our alphabet soup, the CDC published updated genomic surveillance data and projections for June 20th through July 3rd. In the most current official data, the Delta variant reached 30.4% of new cases for June 6th through the 19th. Now, in the CDC's projection, Delta is not only the dominant variant, but it accounts for more than half of all new cases in the June 20th through July 3rd period at 51.7%. The highly transmissible and deadly Delta variant is also a concern here in our state. Assistant State Epidemiologist Dr. Jane Kelly fielded questions on July 7th about potential case spikes, the variant threat, and more. She described a data analysis that DHEC undertook on the vaccination status of COVID-positive individuals from June 1st through the 14th. The provisional data found that of 1,635 new cases for which DHEC could determine vaccination status, they found that 94% of those individuals were not fully vaccinated. Drilling down further, of the 92 cases that required hospitalization, 90% were not fully vaccinated. And of the 11 people who died during that period for whom they knew the vaccine status, all 11 were not fully vaccinated. Here's Dr. Kelly. During those first two weeks in June, this is very recent information, 11 South Carolinians lost their lives to COVID-19. But that's a vaccine-preventable disease. We have vaccines available and we could have helped to save their lives if they had been fully vaccinated. The results of this analysis that DHEC performed is similar to the results being reported nationally and from many other states as well. In fact, every analysis that I have seen continues to show that the overwhelming majority of people who are continuing to get COVID-19 and who have severe disease or have been hospitalized or are dying from COVID-19 were those who were not fully vaccinated. I mean, I, I can't think of a more impactful point to make that would encourage someone to get vaccinated, to receive their shots right away. 
we are seeing states such as Missouri, Arkansas, Florida, and other southern states experience outbreaks and a resurgence in cases due to low vaccination rates among their statewide populations. And those large numbers of unvaccinated people are allowing the Delta variant to get a strong foothold. Our state and our nation, for that matter, are at a pivotal point in this pandemic, and the way to end it is readily available. Now, it's still too early to tell how big of a case spike we'll see from the July 4th weekend since we're still in the 14-day incubation period. Dr. Kelly said that in recent weeks, we have seen cases increase slightly, and that's likely due to the Delta variant, the broader movement of individuals and activities, and of course, with only 43% of our eligible population fully vaccinated, that's a big issue right there. In fact, we are one of 12 states at high risk of outbreaks due to the low number of folks fully vaccinated here, which has Dr. Kelly fearing that trouble could be around the corner. It is a big concern. I know I just finished saying we are reporting 10 cases of the Delta variant in South Carolina, but we know that there have to be more cases than that out there. We know that in the nation as a whole right now, more than half of the new cases are the Delta variant. Do you remember months ago how concerned we were about the alpha variant when the alpha variant first started to spread in the U.S. because it was more transmissible? Well, the Delta variant is even more transmissible than alpha is. Uh, Right now, for example, Missouri is having a frightening surge in COVID-19 cases, overwhelming some of their hospital systems. And 96%, of those new cases are Delta variant. We don't want that happening here. We need to increase our statewide vaccination rates. DHEC encourages you to get vaccinated. And as we've noted in several reports on this podcast, the benefits from these safe and effective vaccines far outweigh incredibly rare side effects associated with them. If you have questions about the vaccines, call DHEC's vaccination hotline at 1-866-365-8110. That's 1-866-365-8110. You can also find out more information at scdhec.gov slash Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. So tell us, tell us your stories, but only up to three minutes because that's when they get cut off. It's but not It's not June anymore, Gavin. It's not oh. June anymore, so I know you're not really like, you know, forced to call, but it's July, which is also a good time to call. Um, it's the middle of the year. It's getting really hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's all you got? That's for, all I got. That's all you got for I'm, July. I'm kind of blanking. <laughs> it's but your birthday know, month. Birthday month, which yeah. is over. So I'm always dreading this part of the year, especially when I was a younger kid, because that meant back oh. to school was right around the corner. No, I was it, just in Target. They're already putting the displays up. It's, I, you're the only uh, 30-something millennial that I know who still gets stressed. Super triggered. By, <laughs> by I still get triggered. I love, school. I love school supplies. I love office supplies, but... When I see him in when I see him in stores, I get worried. Oh, he he goes into a fugue state and starts frothing. <laughs> I don't want to like make light of PTSD, but anyway, <laughs> let us know what what this time of year means to you. It's a special time of year. If you're celebrating Christmas in July, what did you get us? 803-563-7169. Uh, anything else that's going on in your world, we want to hear from you. If you're thinking, oh, do I want to call? Do it right now. Pick up the phone. Pull the car over <laughs> this, this and just re- let it out. Really feels just let it out for the lead. This sounds like a, a, a 
pledge pitch to me right here. Oh, well, I just did some pledge spots last yeah. week. No mustache. I think that's why they called me back this year. I think that's a detriment. Anyway, Gavin, <laughs> we have a call, baby. <laughs> I'm sure the mustache didn't sell. Anyway, what, we got a call? We got a call? I see mustache. I see money. Uh, someone <laughs> did call in and let it out for the lead, babe. Perfect. So uh, let's let's roll it. Hit it. Hi, Gavin and AT. This is Victoria from Northeast Columbia. Uh, happy birthday to Gavin. Uh, I'm also having a birthday this this week, so it's exciting. It's celebrating. Uh, just to check in with you guys, we have been, uh, after getting vaccination all done in April, we went to our first trip to uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, to see my in-laws, and that was over Mother's Day. So that was just awesome. A year and a half not seeing them is just horrible. We're planning more trips this year and able to socialize with our vaccinated friends and in person. So just uh, having fun with that. We're still wearing a mask in public. I'll continue wearing them because of pollen. So um, keep up the good work and take care and have a great summer. Bye. Victoria, thanks for the birthday wish and happy birthday to you, too. Love hearing about that first trip. It sounds like it was wonderful to catch up with your folks, your family. Um, and I love hearing about everyone's travel stories. So give us a call. I want to hear where you guys are going this summer. Maybe I'll call when I go to Greece later in August. <laughs> this, fa- this this podcast is about family, Gavin. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and you're saying that because you did something recently. I, I saw it, guys. All you listeners, saw I saw it. I saw F9. It was great. I'm going to give uh, probably like a three-week grace period before I really talk about it on here. I, I remember that we had a we had a listener call in Aaron who was looking for theaters to 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 watch the trays theaters. So uh, it, Aaron, it was great. Come on, I'm talking just to you right now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so call in, let me know what you thought about it. But I, I won't talk anymore about it here. Uh, Vin Diesel, a lot of flashbacks. It was great. Well, you're gonna take a couple weeks just to really drill down, to really dwell on it, I, I to really it. write your think piece yeah, this that time, we've all been waiting I for. Went, I, I saw it first time fresh, so I didn't have my notepad with me. <laughs> and you said the theater was packed. The theater was empty. It was it was my wife and I uh, good. alone that in the theater. That is so good to hear. Yeah. So uh, no family to to watch. The you watch it with your family. Yeah. So that was the, the ones on the screen. Yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> they were there. Yeah. Not Caitlin. But anyway, Gavin, it was your birthday week last week, yeah, and you really got stop. into a lot of stuff. So let's just start listing, and I'll just uh, chime in. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just say yay or nay. Um, yeah, it was a good week. I, I took last week off just because, you know, we were saying July 4th and then my birthday, so it was just easier. Had some friends it's in just town. It's easier that way to not work, you know? You, just, know? you have comp time. You know, you got time. No, <laughs> nothing's going on, really. Uh, we did go roller skating on Thursday. Yeah, Wednesday or Thursday. It was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Uh, and there are quite a good number of venues in our area here in Columbia were spoiled like that. However, not many open during the week, except for this one out in, uh, where were we, like near Blythewood area, off of Clemson Road area. Mm -hmm. The best part about this was not just the affordable price for the skate rental, but it was also all-you-can-eat pizza night and all-you-can-drink soda. I can't imagine, the New Jersey in me can't (laughs) imagine what the free South Carolina (laughs) roller rink pizza Well, honestly, it was not the worst. I mean, you're going to say it's the worst, but for me as, you know, a a normal Joe, it was fine. Uh, How many slices do you think I ate? I think you (laughs) ate- Over a three-hour span. I think you ate 11 slices of pizza. No, a little bit of half of that. I had five. That's I had five it? Sli- well, you, I, I had three, three initially. hours? We, we got in there, and I hammered, like, three slices on the spot, chasing it with, like, you know, 
miscellaneous Pepsi product. Oh man! But then the, I'm disappointed. I, the, the, well, I wasn't there just to eat the pizza, and again, it wasn't the best pizza. It doesn't so matter. Not like it was. I it, I think you really underutilize this unlimited free. Well, pizza. when you want to actually roller skate, it's kind of hard because you're just like whoa, whoa. Yeah. So then I, I roller skated for a while. I'm disappointed. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun, but it's crazy out there. If you don't know how to roller skate, it's it's a lot because kids are going everywhere, people are going yeah. everywhere, how people many, are falling out. How many children's birthdays did you uh, interrupt? Uh, I, I I don't think I interrupted any, but occasionally I'd have to like maybe grab onto someone because you're about to fall. Where all the children were like, "That's Gavin Jackson, host of my favorite podcast." <laughs> yeah, they kept coming up to me saying, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're here." But it's fun because they do different things. Like they have like a contest who can skate the fastest, and there are some speed skaters out there. Yeah, and you beat up all those seven-year-olds competing. I only fell once because they have a musical, uh, a game of like kind of like musical chairs. Yeah, and so I had to stop on a on the dime pretty much. What was and the song? I don't remember. It wasn't a song. They just said whenever the music stopped, you had to get the closest like cone, and mm. then they would roll a die. And if that number would correspond to the cone, then you guys all got you all. This got is dismissed. too. This is difficult. But if you, Josh is nodding in. He he understands. Josh, do you roller skate? I used to go to roller skating as a kid mm. in elementary school in Spartanburg. Yeah, and they played the exact same. Oh game. yeah, and this had to have been like at least fifteen years ago. And I will say the last okay. time I was at the roller rink and we did play a game, all they did was line everybody up in the middle of the rink and they'd count like six over or three over and you would win a prize. I won a quarter that time. Good job. This time I didn't win it. What else did you do? Uh, then we went down to Charleston, James Island, see my parents. Yeah. And had a, a few people down there, full house. We did some karaoke. Karaoke. Home. Yeah. Uh, it was character great. karaoke. Jamie Lovegrove's girlfriend, Allie, came up with this brilliant idea. Meowligator. Meowligator to friends. Meowligator. On the Insta world. <laughs> And because I didn't want to do like a theme party, you know, because I just think themes are they're, they're your theme they're a little was much. karaoke. I'll say that. But it was like you know, dress up if you want to. I'm like, if you have something laying around, just do it. Don't go out and buy anything. Uh, but dress up like the the person you're who's singing the song, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I, I was, all, this all was happening in the kitchen, right? This is the kitchen. My stepmother okay. secluded us just to the kitchen okay, area. Yeah. We, we had, there were thoughts of coming down the stairs and the mm-hmm. living room, but she. Uh, she didn't want that. So we did. The kitchen was fine. It's a very big kitchen. You've seen it. It's like it's her birthday, not yours, you know? <laughs> <I don't> know. <laughs> <laughs> there were moments. <laughs> but everyone everyone had great songs. Uh, I sang George Michael, um, Careless, Whisper, Careless Whisper, because I've been told I can't sing high note songs. So you can't go fade. So I, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't, like, do the Whitney Houston. I just go a little bit lower than that. Oh, George I Michael. thought we were talking exclusively George Michael. He gets up no. there. George yeah, Michael I know there are moments there. there, and that's enough, but it's not like the whole song where I'm trying to scream. Yeah. And should. then Brandy by Looking Glass. If you know that song, it's a mm-hmm. crowd pleaser. <laughs> uh, there's some other ones. Kate Park did some um, Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah. Jamie Lovegrove did... Um, Bohemian Rhapsody, which was just... That's long. At, at, That's too uh, but, long. But no, no, no. The crowd was eating it up. <laughs> um, so it was a lot of fun. We went to the beach. We had a great day on Saturday, going to the beach and going out. So it was it was nice. I got a, a birthday present from my father. Yeah? That might shock some listeners. Oh, yeah. It's a microwave. Oh, no. You can't <laughs> virtue signal anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a microwave since I've moved to South Carolina, and that's been 10 years. And everyone's like, what? I'm like... I don't know. Like, what what do I need to microwave? What do you microwave, AT? What do I? I, I reheat leftovers in it. Yeah, and see, um, I do it hmm. in different ways. Like sometimes I'll heat some components up in the microwave, others in toaster ovens. Mm, yeah. So uh, I'm all over the case. Uh, J- Josh is uh, nodding knowingly to this as yeah. well. <laughs> I mean, I just don't have things to reheat. Like if I have leftovers, I'll bring them to work and I'll use. The you eat it all at once. Yeah, yeah every, I also do that. And I can also for... eat cold food because I don't. 
Everything for care. Gavin is a single serving. <laughs> no, no, it's not that case. But I'll, mean, just, I'll just you, eat it cold. You did just get a, a 12 pound bag of Swedish fish and you're going to eat it in one sitting. Right e- now. Yeah, this, this has really been a lot with the sugar withdrawal going on. So <laughs> uh, it's, it was a good good time. And I did my first TikTok. Oh, my friend Maya yes. probably was in town and she's a big TikToker. So go follow it, go see it. Um, it was based on the Lady Gaga interview where she's talking about no sleep. I think you go to http slash uh, (laughs) tiktok.org I think. They're a lot of work. You know, and that's my big thing. Like, I I watch them, I watch ones that make their way onto Instagram stories, but I'm not going to be creating TikTok content. And I'm sorry to our leaders out there who want more social media content. We just can't. Those those, can't do those middle schoolers that you skated with are going to be heartbroken over this news, Gavin. Yeah, but another anyway, reason they didn't know that we exist. Uh, <laughs> apologize to them and say goodbye to all the listeners, please. Goodbye. Thank you. And you're sorry. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the pod, y'all. Show us your appreciation by leaving us a review or voicemail like you heard Victoria do at 803-563-7169. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina Lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Okay, Gavin, imagine this. Orbs. Imagine they're right next to you. What would you say to them?